I thank you, Father, that your hand is upon this message, this house. Lord, I just push myself aside, Father God, all my thoughts, my opinions, what I think, Father, is all pushed aside, Lord. I thank you that your words are going to be imparted in my lips and in my tongue, Father God. So when I speak, people hear you, Father. I hear you, Lord. And that your words are going to be so personal, Father God. You're going you're to know how to just communicate with us, Father God, because you're that good. And Lord, we thank you that, that as we leave here, we leave filled and overflowing. And we declare that in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all say, amen and amen. You know, today I, I want to talk to you guys about God's desire. Look at your neighbor and say, God's desire. Now look at your other neighbor that you didn't want to look at first and say, now God's desire. <laughs> you, did you know that God has a desire for your life and for your heart? For all of you. From your spirit, from your soul, from your body, all of you, God has a desire for you. You know, and it's kind of funny because as I was preparing for this message earlier in the week, um, I, you know, a lot of times I sit with Madi and typically right before we're going to bed, we're, we're, we're reading, you know, while we're, we're laying down. Mainly she's reading, you know, or reading to me. No, I'm just joking. But, you know, as, as we're, I'm just kind of studying some things out and sometimes I just preach to her in our bed because I want her hand to go up and say, I want Jesus. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. But, I'm, I, you know, and as I'm stirring these things up, she's like, you know what, Jesse, this is something that the church needs to hear more often. You know, and I started thinking about it. Like, you know what, you're right. We need to let the people know about God's desire that he has for you. You know, how many of y'all know that according to John 10, 10, that we have an enemy here that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy everything that we have with God, with relationships, anything that has to do with, with the kingdom of God. He wants to destroy all that. You know, but God knew that, and God gave us the power and the authority of his son, Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, to break all of that. You know, and this morning, it's not funny, but it was kind of like obvious. You know, I had one of those obvious moments. I, I'm coming, and, and all of a sudden, my stomach is just, I mean, this pain in my stomach out of nowhere. Marty says it was the cheese I ate last night, but regardless, it, it had this, I had this pain that it was just hurting. And I'm like, man, what's, what's the deal? All of a sudden, my, I have a back spasm. Like, what in the world? I walk into the office, and I have this deep, hard cough. All an hour ago, by the way, guys. This is, I'm going to talk about an hour ago. Okay? And I'm like, stinking devil, man. He's trying to stop me from doing what God wants me to do. My desire is, and I'm going to be honest with you because I'm a big baby, is I want to go home, and I just want to go back to bed. You know, I'm just being vulnerable with you guys. Man, don't leave me alone. I know you're the same way, Okay? <laughs> Can you call in for me? <laughs> but God's desire said, no, don't let this stop you. Because I have a desire for you to deliver to these people. And I have a desire for these people to receive from me. And let me tell you something. The moment I entered worship, maybe you guys are watching, I'm chugging water. I'm chugging water because I'm like, no, this is not going to stop me. And all of it's gone. All of it. All of it's gone. Because God has a desire for my life. And I, I was just thinking to myself, I said, I'm not going to stop because of a little cough. I'm not going to stop because of a stomach ache. I'm not going to stop because, oh, my, my back got spazzed out. All of it's gone. Jesus did his thing already in me. Now God's going to do something in you guys as well too. God has a desire for your life and my life and everyone here on this earth and all of mankind, all for, all for eternity. But the only thing that stops us from God's desire in our lives, are you ready, people, is our desire for our life. For our desire for our lives. You know, I, when I was talking to my wife, I, and she's like, well, what, what do you think I'm not talking about? I'm like, 
Well, how many times have I stopped what God wants to do in my life because I had a desire, I had a goal, I had a, I had a, a vision for something I wanted to do. You know, and I, I really wanted to do it for myself because I thought it was the best for me and it sets up my future. And don't get me wrong, there's wisdom out there. But God's desire is beyond wisdom. God's desire is his wisdom for our lives. The plan, he mem- remember, he says, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. And I've learned that God has forgiven my past. He's here with present, but he's also there in my future, holding my future. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, we can almost quote that. You probably see it on people's walls in their houses. We see it on Facebook with a nice, pretty outlook. And you'll see Jeremiah 29, 11. Where he talks about he has a hope and a future for us. So when you think about God and his desire, and we declare through worship, God, you're a good, good father. God's desire is going to be so healthy, so rich, and so good for your life if you give up the desires of your heart. You know, there's another scripture in the Bible. I'm pulling scripture left and right, so these guys are not even prepared. They're still waiting for my first scripture that I gave them. (laughs) You guys are going to have to wait a second. You know, where where the Bible talks about how how God says, I'll give you um, all the desires of your heart. And I've seen so many people misquote and mistook that scripture to fulfill their own desire. Well, if God wants my desires, then I want to be a millionaire. I want to win the lotto. I want to go to Florida. I want to go to Disney World. I want my, and I want. And God never said that. Because when you read the content, God is talking about when you give my life, when you give our lives to him, and our, give up our desires, his desire comes into our life, and what his desires are are now in my heart. And when I ask about those desires, he gives it to us. That's what God is talking about. Everyone say desire. desire. Now everyone say fire. Because it just rhymes, okay? I just wanted to say that. <laughs> You know, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, Paul teaches the church of Ephesus, and he's also teaching us, by the way, and he says this, even before he made the world, okay, so this is way before Genesis, okay, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. That's a desire that God had, okay, verse 5. God decided, okay, it's a done deal, okay? God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. He says, I've already thought you up. I've already had you in my heart and my thoughts, and I had your whole life planned out before I even created the world. In other words, what the Bible's saying here in this one scripture, these two verses, is that your existence is God's desire. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abolish every chain that if you think, look, my life doesn't matter. Why was I born? If you have suicidal thoughts, those are, uh, those are lies from the pit of hell. Because God says, your life matters to me. I know it's not easy. But if you will give up the desires you have for your life and put my desires in here, you will find purpose in your life. Because your life, you ex- your existence, it matters to me. Because I thought of you before I even created the world. I thought of you by name. And you can have your thoughts, God's saying, you can have your opinions and what you think and what you believe. But at the end of the day, truth is truth, and you exist because I called you forth. It is our choice to believe that. It is our choice to say, okay, God. And anyone, anyone, 
Now everyone say it with me. Anyone challenges you on that, they are wrong. They are wrong. Because church, God wants to do something with you and through you. Even when you don't believe in yourself, he believes in you. Because of the son, Jesus Christ, he gave for you. You know, the plan of redemption, the plan of reconciliation with God is what the whole Bible is all about. You know, and I learned that there are four, literally four points to the Bible, why the Bible's here. You know, and I know we've read, maybe read, read from the beginning to then, we read a scripture a day to keep the devil away. We've done all that stuff. But at the end of the day, there are four points to this Bible that we have. And the first one is that God created man in his image. That's true. You were created in God's image. Number two, the deception of Satan. Because the devil's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible says that when he speaks and he speaks his lies, that is his native tongue. That's all he knows. So every time you hear this lie from the enemy, you can't do it. God doesn't love you. Know that it's a lie. He can't, he can't speak any type of truth. And the Bible, another point is the Bible says is that, that, that he is a deceiver. Satan is a, a, the deception. You see that in the garden uh, in the beginning in Genesis. Point three, Jesus paid the price. Okay, number four is mankind is restored back to God. And the, these four points, God's desire for us as a church is to share these four points to the world. These four points I just stated right there, which are all up there. God's saying, I want you to share this gospel to the world because they need hope. They need a future. That's all I want you to do. You know, in 2005, when I first came to Jesus, uh, it, it was just a life-changing moment in my life. You know, September, September 5, 2005. September 4, 2005. One of those days. And as I gave my life to Jesus, I really was sold out, and I wanted to do things for Jesus. And, you know, I started serving at this church, by the way, and I was working with fifth and sixth graders, and there was five of them, and they made me so nervous. I just didn't want to speak in front of them. I was so scared. Hey, any, anybody in that class during that time? Elizabeth, she was a fifth grader at the time. You know, I'm sorry. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I was super scared. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. God had a plan for my life. You know, and I remember in that time, I, I was wrestling with my identity, who I was, not knowing that God had a desire for me. Now, by the way, I had a desire. I wanted to be rich, bottom line. You know, I wanted, you know, how many times do we have those desires? If only I had that much money, I would, you know, and, you know, and I would help my mom, and I would help my, you know, just, you just dream big. You have these desires. But God had a different desire. And in 2006, one year later, um, I actually was getting ready to go be stationed in San Antonio, Texas, and a lot of you guys don't know this, but I was going to go to the Air Force. It was a done deal. Like, all I had to do, it was all verbal agreements. All I had to do was sign the contract, and uh, in 2006, I was, in that summer, I was ready to leave, go to San Antonio, um, San Antonio, Texas to basic training because I wanted to fly because I saw Independence Day, and I wanted to shoot down aliens. <laughs> I am not joking. Like, I am dead serious. When I was a kid, when I saw Independence Day, I'm like, yes, Air Force it is, you know? Now, I knew that wasn't going to happen, but I, it really sparked a desire of, I want to serve this country. I want to, you know, so these desires started, started coming out, and I started pursuing it. I, you know, you had to run a mile in a certain time. You had to do certain push-ups, pull-ups. Uh, if you served the Air Force, thank you. If you served in the military, thank you so much, but you guys know what I'm talking about. You had to meet certain expectations before you can go to basic training or if it was boot camp uh, for other branches. 
And I remember the desire was, I'm out of here, I'm gone, I'm ready to go to basic training, I'm ready to be a pilot. I was so ready. And not only that, I probably was the most fittest time in my life because I was running every day. I would run like four hours a day. My mom was getting scared. But I had that much energy in me, nonstop. And I would stop at home, just drink some water. I was like, see you, mom, and I'm gone. And I would run around the entire city of Holland. That's how committed, that's how determined my mindset was, that's how fit my body was. I was ready to leave to the Air Force. But then God, everyone say, but then God. How many times does God do this to our lives? Oh, you little one. <laughs> and, and, and at the time, our, our pastor at that time was, was Edgar Gomez. He, he served in the Air Force, and so he educated me a lot on the Air Force. So I'm like, yeah, I got him on my side. We're good. But then he goes, but I think God has something different for you. No? <laughs> you know, and I remember just saying, no, 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 no. I, I've made my decision. I'm not here to debate or argue about it. Like, I, I'm going this route. And he said, okay, but can you do me one favor? And I said, sure. And he said, pray about it. All right. Um, God, I thank you that all my doors are going to open for the Air Force. Like, amen. And that was my prayer. I was determined. And I remember coming back that Sunday, and he said, hey, did you pray about it? I said, yes. What did God say? No. Let's go, you know. And it was, it was just that type of mindset I had because I was determined. I had a desire for my life. Come that summer, it's August now, and I'm literally going to get ready to sign the uh, um, contract. Do you guys remember caller ID? I know we have it on our phone, but the original, like, device itself. Well, we had a caller ID, and every single time, like, almost every day, it would say U.S. government. And my mom was like, what are you getting yourself into? Like, and I, again, I was just ready. But I remember during that time, it was about two weeks, mid-August, let's just say mid-August, okay? And as I'm there in mid-August getting ready to leave and sign some contracts so I can take off at the end of August, um, another friend comes up and says, hey, I'm going to Bible school in a couple weeks. You want to come with me? And I said, no way. No way. And he said, dude, would you pray about it? Sure. You know, I've done it. I could do it again, you know. And long story short, end up not doing it. Uh, end up not praying. Um, but it came to a point where we, me and my friend Raul at the time, or Raul is still his name. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, not at the time. It's still his name. <laughs> we're, we're sitting together in his car. And, man, life is just hitting me hard left and right and I start not feeling purpose anymore and it becomes now no longer a desire but a runaway for me I want to just leave town you know and go to the Air Force and he said I think God has something bigger for you and I said all right he goes come with me to school what do you have to lose and I said well I guess nothing he said just pray and let God do the rest so I genuinely started praying God you just help me through this Again, a week later, I, I applied. A week later, I get accepted, which that throws me left field. I'm like, okay, awesome. Well, God has a plan for my life. I end up going to Tulsa, Oklahoma a week later and, and going into the ministry of youth. I go to school for a couple years. A year later, actually, Madi and I, we get married. She goes to Bible school. Let's fast forward it now. We graduate. Our son, who just turned 10 yesterday, is our little Oki. You know, he's born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We move back here in 2010. We become youth pastors, then become generations pastors, then we become lead pastors. God had a desire in my life, and if I didn't say yes to him, none of this would have happened for my life. God has a desire for your life, but will you give up? all your dreams and all your goals for what he has for you and the answer should be yes 
Is it easy? No, it's not. Because let me tell you something. How determined and how ready I was for the Air Force, which, by the way, was a phenomenal branch. And, and I remember Edgar saying, dude, that's, if you go, I'm supporting you. It's great. But think about what God has for you. What does God have for you? When you give up your desires in your life and you start living for what God has put in your heart, even when it scares you, God will take care of you. God will see you through. God will take you to the other side. You know, and you don't have to have all the answers. I didn't have all the answers. And I still don't have all the answers. But when I trust God for my day and say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to do it the way you want me to do it and not according to what I feel. God says, when you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. And when you think you can't do it, watch my hand through you do it. And so the entire world. You know, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says in verse 18 through 20, he tells his disciples, he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Verse 19, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all. Everyone say all. all. Not some, not what I feel, but he says to teach them to obey all my commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, I emphasize and I underline, I don't know if you guys have it up there, but I underlined in my text right here, um, bat, he wants us to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave this thing called the Great Commission, all right? A, a, a desire he had the church to do while we're here on earth. And we cannot neglect the desire, the basic, the foundation of why we're here. And he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying, be a witness to, to, to me, to all this world, and get them to come to Jesus. Because I want them to also activate something in their life. You know, the Great Commission requires us to baptize people in three different ways. And we're getting a little teachy here. But here's the thing. When he says, when you baptize them to Christ, is what the Bible says, he's saying, I need, I need them to come to salvation. Now, when we said yes to Jesus, maybe we raised our hand, maybe we saw it on a program, maybe we heard it on, on a podcast, maybe a friend shared the word to you, and you genuinely said, you know what, Jesus, I am sorry. I am sorry for my ways. I'm sorry for what I've done. I ask for your forgiveness. Come into my heart. That is called baptism into Christ. Or salvation, or you'll, other, you'll hear people say, are you saved? Are you saved? Are you born again? All these terminologies, all it really means is I'm giving my life all to Jesus, and I want to start growing in him. Jesus says that's one of the things we do in our great commission. That's a desire I have in my plan here on earth while you're here, and call, you call yourself the church. The second one he says is I want you to water baptize them. Who was here last week? 20 people, 20 people were water baptized uh, last week, and it was just a phenomenal time. We got to hang out with them a little bit and had some cupcakes. 20 people followed through with the step two that God gave us. And he says, you baptize them in water. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water, but Jesus is going to baptize you with fire. And I'll talk about that in a second. But he says, I baptize you with water. And when, even when Jesus started his ministry, the Bible says he walked into the Jordan River. And John recognized him because God revealed he's the, he's the Messiah. 
And as he's coming in, he's going to come to be water baptized. John's like, well, I think I should be baptized by you. But he says, no. And I'm paraphrasing. He's saying, no, you baptize me. This is good. This is what we need to do because I support this. And what water baptism really is is a symbolic of something inward that's going on in your house. You're just throwing it outward. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when, when we go under the water and we come up brand new, that's exactly what just happened in our hearts when we said yes to Jesus. And we're letting the world know, hey, I am committed. I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you can always go back to that day. Married men, are you in the house? Okay, get excited, man. Married men, are you in the house? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. We're going to have our own group, okay? <laughs> you're married. That is a blessing by God, by the way. And if you're miserable, you got to figure something out in your own hearts. I'm just saying that right now. And I can say that because I'm a husband, okay? My wife will tell you ladies later. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. What was I saying? Committed. All right. I was, Maddie said I was talking about committed. I don't know where I was going with this, but let's go to the next point. <laughs> Anyways, water baptism is symbolic, okay? And it's, it's really just letting the world know, hey, I'm in a commitment with, with Jesus Christ. And, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Men, we can go back. At least I can go back to July 7 of 2007. I can remember 80-degree weather, uh, Centennial Park in the gazebo where I said I do to my wife, and we said our vows to each other. That day is a pillar. It's the second best decision I've ever made. If you guys are wondering what, what was the first, it's Jesus, by the way, when I said yes to Jesus. Okay? And my second best decision in my life when I said I do to my wife, and I gave my vows to her. We're celebrating 12 years this July, guys. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but I can remember and go back to that day. And when water baptism, when we do water baptism, it's the same exact thing. We remember and go back to that day. I remember when I was baptized and I gave my life to Jesus. You know, and, and some of us, we've done it twice because it's just that fun and that much exciting. I guess we'll call it renewing our vows or something. I don't know. But we can go back to that. God's saying it is good for us to be baptized in water, full immersion, as an adult or as a, a, a clear conscience, making the decision, I want Jesus in my life. That's what God supports. That is the desire he has for our lives. He says, go do that. Go make disciples. Go baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the last one that God desires in our lives is that he wants his church. Who's the church? Make some noise. He wants the church to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is the part where I believe we're not educated as much or we just don't want to really touch it because we're comfortable with where we're at. And God might call us to get uncomfortable for just a little bit. But Scripture tells us the desires that Jesus Christ has. I, I'll even challenge you guys, read the book of Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, and then come back and talk to me if we want to talk about this. Because there, God establishes something on the day of Pentecost. There is where we can talk about what God has for our lives and how he wants to give us power here in our lives. And the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is just empowering you to be a witness to Jesus. It's like you're putting the batteries inside you so you can be activated and God say, okay, now go and do what I called you to do. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, it says this. Jesus says to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my followers, okay, if you, anybody wants to, be, wants to follow me, you must give up your own way, your desires. And then he says, and take up your cross daily and follow me. In other words, he's saying, look, there are going to be some uncomfortable moments you're going to have. But if you allow me to continue to work in you and you take up that uncomfortable moment, knowing 
I'm with you always, knowing I'm with you to the end of the age, what we read earlier. He says, I will continue to multiply people for the kingdom of God. You know, it's not what I think is best for my life, reality, but it's what he wants for my life is what it is. And reality is he wants his church to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so we can have, uh, 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 we can have power in his life. Now, you need to know that we as Resurrect Life Church of Glistens Vida, we are a five-fold ministry, and we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And my wife and I, we are spirit-led prayers that pray in tongues. Now, if you've ever felt, and don't, don't veer off on this, if you've ever felt you came into this building and you said there's something different about this place, or, or maybe it's like, I just love being around you guys, or maybe it's like, you know, I've never felt so welcomed, or maybe it's, it's God, it, I, I'm, just, I'm just sensing God. Who's ever felt that has nothing to do with us. But it has to do with the spirit of God that we are confessing and professing in this place. Our leadership, we have a meeting every morning on a Sunday. We, we pray almost every day, okay, when we're here in this building and it's open. We'll declare things in this place. But there's one thing I confess in this place through the spirit. And I say that no evil, harm, or danger, no weapon formed against this place, no sickness, no disease shall touch Resurrection Life Church, Iglesia Vida, in the name of Jesus Christ. But not only that, we pray in the Spirit on the way over here in our car ride. While Madi's praying in English, I'll pray in the Spirit. And while I'm praying in English, Madi will pray in the Spirit because we believe it un unravels and unlocks these things that we don't even consciously know. Because God says, I, I see beyond your limits. And I say that again. I see beyond your limits because we are all limited, but God is not. And he says, I, and, and when, when you speak and your spirit is speaking to me and it's in tune with me, I'm breaking things in this place. And let me tell you something. There are three words out of heaven God gave me while I prayed in the spirit. Three words. He said pure. He said momentum. Then he said fire. And I'm like, what does that mean, God? Like, I just heard these words while I'm praying in the Spirit. Because he un 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 unlocks things in our lives. And he was talking about this place. He says, pure in atmosphere, that's what I desire. He said, momentum. You can't build momentum. You can't grow. You can't go if there's no pureness going on. Momentum is happening. Then he said, fire. Because people are going to know that I am almighty, powerful God. And I'm going to use my church in this place. No man taught me that. I didn't read that in the Bible. In praying in the Spirit, because I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, God revealed that to me. We were just cheering earlier during communion how God is a revealing God after the resurrection. God wants to, you to continue to do that. Maybe mind-wise you don't comprehend this, you can't understand it, but let me tell you something. The way you experience salvation when you came to Jesus is your second experience coming to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to know about it, believe in it, then experience it. And I believe a lot of times when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we just don't know about it. And so we really don't have an opportunity to experience it. We don't experience what God has for us. So I'm here to share what the scripture says. And here's homework. I never have given homework. Here's homework. Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And then you guys, if you want to have a discussion on uh, one-on-one so I can teach you guys, this is what we're here for. I would love to show you more scriptures. But everyone say, Acts 1. Acts 
In Acts 2, study it out. But go into it saying, God, you teach me. God, you show me. Acts chapter 1, hey, go figure. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and of Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. A teacher once told me, you know, when he says Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, uh, Jerusalem, it's like saying your backyard, your city, your state, and now the world. He's saying you'll have the power to speak. You know, when I, when I come up here, did you guys know I'm really an introvert? If you didn't know that, I'm shattering glass right now. I'm an introvert. Like, I don't want to go near that crowd. Can I hang out with that one person over there and just introduce myself? You know, I'm an introvert. Marty's like, the Super Bowl's here. Want to go to that Super Bowl party? No, let's stay home and watch the Super Bowl in our own bed. Like, let's just watch the Super Bowl there. Marty's like, no, my wife is an extrovert. I don't even think I have to explain it. Everyone knows that. She is an extrovert, right? And, and, and I'm, But the thing is, I'm an introvert in the natural and maybe you're an introvert. Maybe you're shy. Maybe, maybe you, you're, you're timid at moments and don't, or don't know what to say. But did you know when I'm in the spirit of God, when I just let, literally just let God's desire just take over my life, I'm an extrovert. I'm loud. I'm like, hey, let's go hang out with those guys over there. I'm, I'm, because I'm allowing God's desire to come into my life. My plan, my desire is to stay the introvert. Stay comfortable. Don't go out. Stay home where it's safe, you know. But in the spirit, God would tell me, hey, I want you to go to that place. I want you to go to that bonfire. Or I want you to hang out with your family or go to that birthday party. Because I want my desire to operate through you. And so when you see me, when you see me out loud and, and having fun, I'm literally in the spirit. Because reality is, if you probably see me in my introvert moments, I'm not talking much. I'm quiet. Mighty's like, come on, we're doing something, you know, and because of, of, of what I desire. And it's always a battle for me. But I've learned, you know what, God? Your word tells me stay in the spirit in all occasions. Pray in the spirit in all occasions. And you will be manifested through me. And that is the reason why I can come up here and speak on the platform. Oh, I can speak in front of hundreds of people, pretty much. Because God's saying, hey, I need you to be my plan, my desire for your life. I would rather just sit right there. I'll do the front row and let someone else talk when it's me by myself, but when God just wants to come out of my heart and I just want the spirit to take over, I'm like, no, 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 give me the microphone. I'll talk about Jesus for a while. God has a platform. God has a, a, a will. God has something for you, but he wants you to give up your desire. And he says, stay in the spirit of God. Learn this because I want to do something through you. The Bible teaches us that when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it literally is just to empower us. The purpose of it is just to empower us to be a witness to Jesus. Just to give us the right words to speak to that person because God knows what to say to them. And I really want to uh, tell you this. I want to kind of close it this way. And when I was reading the book of Acts, the Bible was talking about how for 10 days the disciples were in, a upper, in the upper room praying. So they were in a prayer room. For 10 days, they were just praying, 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 praying with each other, praying, just declaring stuff for 10 days, okay? And this is when they came out, it says after that 10 days, that God's spirit was poured out on them, like tongues of fire is what the Bible says. And it says that they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And then moments later, Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times earlier, the one that was ashamed to even say I'm his friend, was now baptized with the Holy Spirit and stood up and addressed a crowd of 3,000 people. And it says all 3,000 of them came to Jesus that day. It's what Jesus' desire has for our hearts. But we need to have that experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I started thinking about when I read the the 10-day prayer room. We're not going to pray for 10 days, by the way, okay? But what I am going to say is this. Every Wednesday, everyone say every Wednesday, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. here in this room, we have an hour of prayer called United Prayer. We've been doing it for years. We've been doing it for years. And I want to invite you guys. Take a moment to come out here and pray with the team here. Pray with us here. And I'm going to give this Wednesday, I'm going to give the opportunity for those that want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says if I just lay hands on them, God does the rest. I'm going to give an opportunity and an invitation, okay? It's an invitation. It's on you, okay? To come here so you can be filled with God's Spirit. So you can be empowered by God's Spirit. This Wednesday, show up at 7 p.m. We'll pray for about 30 minutes, and then I'll gather those that want to be filled that day. Because God has a plan for you. His desire for you is to be a church that's not neutral, but church that's in thrive mode. So you can continue to move forward. Look, God's desire for you is just to live all out and sold out for Jesus. He loves you no matter where you're at. Will you allow him to have you grow in him? Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for this opportunity, Father God, just to to come to you and and come to salvation, come to know you, Father God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that every single one of us that heard this word, Father God, that it would marinate, that it would move within our hearts, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that every single one of us would take a moment and allow it just to marinate and digest in our hearts hearts, Father God. But I also want to give the opportunity, Father, of an invitation for them to simply accept you so they can be eternally saved, Father God. Here's an invitation to you, church, with all eyes closed. The Bible says if you believe with your heart and that you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, he says you will be saved. In other words, you'll be saved from eternal separation from him. You don't have to wonder or you don't have to you wait until that day comes to see did I make it or not. God says you can know now by accepting my son Jesus Christ. That you will be heaven bound. But it's your decision, he says. It is you by faith that has to say, yes, I believe that. And if that is you and you want Jesus, now I'm not just saying you know Jesus or know of God. I'm saying you want a relationship with Jesus, it starts with saying yes to his son. So on the count of three, if you want that invitation, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. Anybody in the room? Yes. God bless you. I see you. Put your hand down. Anybody? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is your time, guys. This is your time. If you raised your hand, God saw that. And this is between you and God. Anybody else? Anybody else? God bless you. I see you. Just put your hand down. Let what God's word marinate in you. God says, I'm not a scary God. I'm not a weird God. I'm a God that gives promises and good gifts. 
Don't worry what society, culture, or what people tell you. Don't worry about what religion tells you. Look at what my word says and what my spirit says to you. Look at what for yourself that I am a good dad. I am a good father. So you can walk out here freedom, knowing that nothing will hold you back because of my love. Anybody else on that invitation? This is your time. It's your time. Well, we had a few hands go up, people. Let's all do this as a church family. Everyone put one hand over your heart. And just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your desire for my life. Your desire was I was created in your image. But even though I rebelled, or I fell, your desire was to still have me in your family. And that's why you sent Jesus. Not just to die for me, but to raise to life again. All for me. And Lord, even though he's in heaven with you, you gave me a promise. You gave me a gift. The Holy Spirit. And I ask for that Holy Spirit to be in my heart. Make a home in me. Help me grow. Help me run this race called life. I love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. And we all celebrate because there's a lot of people that raise their hands by saying, Amen. Amen. I heard this once. I'm going to say it again. 